Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Monday, March 29th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen, back in the studio with Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. Coach, uh, coming off a, a restful weekend here, ready to go for a big Monday 11-game slate. Are you ready to attack it? I am ready to attack it, and it's great uh, to have you back. It was a busy weekend, that's for sure. All, all the sports going on with tons of NBA, then you know, catching some of this NCAA tournament. And by the way, I'm squeaking up almost to the lead in that little contest amongst our members. So that would give me a, a little GIF uh, magic for a while. I'll be <laughs> splashing all kinds of stuff up there. But uh, if you yeah, beat JP Wild, I'll believe it when I see it. Oh my God, he can't be beat. Mm-hmm. The, the dude's just a, a machine. He's won three contests in a row. How can you do that? I mean, that's craziness. But uh, yeah, it'll be fun. And then uh, getting ready for baseball uh, opening day on Thursday. I'm so pumped for that. And uh, you know, basketball is really intense now. I this is by far the most. I mean, probably by ten of all the info I had to write down with injuries, probables, all the different things going on. So, you know, I I know people complain about that in the industry, about all the changes and stuff going on. I love it, Andrew, because it gives us that edge that we're looking for uh, to uncover, you know, no stone unturned, if you will. So um, I'm fired up, man. Let's get after this 11. Yeah, I am too. And I like the fact that now that the trade deadline is passed, we're going to start to get into that cycle of second and third games with these guys on their new teams, and yeah. uh, we can we can try to take advantage of it. So starting today with these 11 games, the crazy thing is in today's NBA that there's only three of the 22 teams involved in a back-to-back, and then three totals over 230 right here at the beginning of the slate. So get us started with the yeah. first one, Coach, Indiana and Washington. Yeah, right off the bat, it's a 7 Eastern game. Indiana's favored by 5, and it's a nice, fat 234.5. So it's up there. We've got some big numbers today and some small numbers. Um, Very few teams, by the way, as you'll see as we go through this, we're not forgetting to mention it, but there's only four teams, two uh, or uh, three teams, two on the first night of a back-to-back and one on the second. And this happens to be one of the ones on the first night, and that's the Wizards. Uh, so they they are playing uh, tonight, and then they play again tomorrow night. Um, this is a fun game. I love this game right off the bat. Pace, Indiana ninth, Washington first. Nothing to uh, cry about there. And then defense, Indiana's 11th, which is, is very respectable. Respectable, Washington's 26th. Um, there is a couple pieces of news here that are of uh, value that, you know, affect the rotation. McDermott is questionable for the Pacers, and Bradley Beal is questionable for the Wizards. So, you know, we we dive into this game right off the bat, and certainly some good exposure in this game uh, can be had. Uh, First of all, on the Washington side, I mean, you start your build, in my opinion, if Beal's out or even if he's – I don't think watching him play and that hip killing him like that. He was literally limping. I don't know if he goes, if he does, I don't feel he's a hundred percent. So I'm just going to start right off Andrew and spend, uh, spend the money and go Westbrook. I mean, why not? He's been just phenomenal and Indiana 
rotates a lot of guys. I know McConnell can give him a little trouble off the bench. Brogdon's a decent defender, but it's Westbrook and without Beal's usage if he sits, and if even if it's just a limited Beal, it's how do you go away from from Westbrook? I mean, it's these two guys are bust for this team. Uh, you know, the other guy I have to mention because we've mentioned him multiple times in a row here because he's earned it is Rui Hashimura. He's playing bigger and bigger minutes, 38, 40, 41, and he's productive. He's hitting some threes, much more involved, playing, you know, something flipped with him. I don't know, maybe it's his motivation because his Gonzaga team is is undefeated and going to the championship, so he's probably loving that. That's giving him a little extra boost, but Westbrook and Hashimura right in play for me right off the bat. And then something you and I discussed, I think it was this weekend or Friday, my my uh, interest in Indiana is waning a bit. I just think that they're so good and they have so many good players and they still haven't got T.J. Warren. Then it even gets tougher. But the addition to Le- of Levert, for me, from what I'm watching, he's, he's their go-to guy. I mean, he is a, a, a star, all-star in the, in the making. And I at times, Brogdon takes a backseat to him. The times when Sabonis would get that ball in the post, the shot's going up. So I just see everybody else shrinking down a little bit. And it's interesting. I went back in basketball reference and looked at it today. The guy that's benefiting with Levert there, would you believe it's Miles Turner? And that's because there's more jump shots going up and he's able to crash the boards more. Uh, plus, Levert's not a great defender yet. He's good, but he's he's getting there. And you know, we know Turner is the best off the ball defender to help side to come over, get blocks, and do whatever he needs to do. So that correlation's interesting. So I'm going to keep an eye on Turner. Uh, Levert is the guy if I had to go somewhere, but I'm I'm just I need to see a little bit more on a consistent basis how the dust is going to settle in Indiana. And I know this is a phenomenal spot for them i mean it is a massive pace up uh considering their ninth you wouldn't think it would be but washington's first so it is a big pace up game for them they're going to score a lot of points and i think people are going to roster a lot of guys from the pacers but my feeling is the split of minutes and usage and points between brogdon lavert sabonis you know mcconnell turner just they're getting a lot of input and I'm just not comfortable with, with, you know, using a couple spots here on that side when it may be uh, divvied up a little bit. But if I had to go, I'd go Levert. But I definitely like Westbrook and Hashimura on the Washington side. Yeah, it's, it is a little bit puzzling to have this matchup but not get too excited about anybody on Indiana. But I'm with you. It's a little bit crowded now with Levert. And looking at Brogdon... Uh, the price is so attractive on FanDuel, but if you look at if you look at the history here, he does not have a single game over forty fantasy points since Levert has been in the lineup, and exactly. that is not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. So, will this be the day that that trend breaks? I mean, of all the days, you'd think that this would have the best chance. So he's a possibility, but uh, just not thrilled about these guys because of their prices. And the the split usage. Holiday is still very cheap on FanDuel at 3,800. He's a GPP option for me 
with all those threes that he takes, if he's hitting, he could smash it. If he's not, then it'll be a dud. Yeah. And, you know, I mentioned six or seven guys. I didn't even mention him. Right. So it goes to show you how the depth is there, you know. Exactly. And then on the Washington side, Westbrook will be in play for me if, if Beal is out. Also Rui. And then the other guy you could look at is Denny Avdia. Another GPP option, cheap on both sites. Yep. He's improving and getting more minutes. And he's starting again. So you never know. All right. Game two, we have another solid total here as New Orleans is going to play in Boston 230 and a half total Boston favored by four this is an NBA TV game and yeah it's a if you look at the rematch uh look at the first matchup here all the studs hit value Ingram Zion Jalen Brown Tatum but remember that was an overtime game so everybody got a little bit of an extra boost there I'm still interested in the New Orleans guys you know, it's Boston in that 21st ranked defense. Uh, they're reasonable prices. They've both been playing excellent lately. I also like these guards a little bit. If Lonzo Ball is out again, he's questionable. That'll be some really important news here. Uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker has been starting, been playing pretty well, solid price tag. Kyra Lewis Jr., also in the mix for me. And the thing that I like in the last game is that they were on the court for at least nine minutes together. Because yeah. Na played 32 minutes, Kyra Lewis Jr. played 25. Uh, so if you're not used to kind of looking at that and, and figuring out the math, uh, because they played 57 minutes together, that, that means they had to have played at least nine minutes on the, on the court together. I gave so, up trying to figure that out because I ran out of toes and fingers. Man. Right. Well, this is the this is the the type of thing that that might interest you, Coach, because you don't like splitting minutes with guys who play it, it is quote for unquote sure. the same position. Yeah. But it's a different rotation now, uh, again with Lonzo Ball out and and Kyra is still really cheap. So I like I like one of those guys potentially, and Josh Hart is in play also if Ball is out, and he got thirty seven minutes against Boston, so that gives you some comfort that Coach Van Gundy likes Hart. In this matchup, which which makes sense, Boston, all those wing type players, Hart really makes sense in this game. On the Boston side, um, the big piece of news here is Evan Fournier. He hasn't played yet because of the health and safety safety protocols for the Celtics. If he does, will he start? Will he come off the bench? My prediction is that he'll come off the bench to start. When Kemba is playing, they'll go Kemba. And then he'll he'll come off the bench to start and then start to come off the bench. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have to watch that one. I, I think they'll go with Kemba, uh, Marcus Smart, Brown, Tatum, and Williams. And then when right. Kemba takes the occasional day off, I could see them maybe bringing Fournier into the, the starting lineup. But when he does come off the bench, he's going to be the guy that they've been looking for to yeah. you know really actually be a potent scorer. They haven't had that on the wing. Um, but if he plays tonight, then I'm not as excited about these Boston studs because we need to see how many shots he takes, how much he takes away from Jalen Brown and Tatum. So I'm, I'm more interested in the New Orleans studs, but I also am interested in, in Robert Williams uh, as the starter here, uh, solid price, you know, mid-6K range. So he'd be the Celtic I'd be most likely to play tonight. Very good. You know, how long have we been jumping out of our seats yelling Robert Williams needs to be their starting center and their center of the future? He was the third string guy, and we're screaming, this guy has to play. 
and they're finally playing him. And man, is he smashing it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Looks great. So for me, this this game's pretty simple. It's not going to take a, a whole lot of time because if ball's out, I'm going with Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Anytime you tell me that Nas is going to play 30-plus minutes, I don't care who it's against. I'm playing him because he's an offensive-minded player. He's not a good defender. He's an offensive-minded, DFS-scoring kind of player. So that's what I'm going to follow there. If uh, ball's back, then he's he's not in play for me. It's that simple. I just... I. I don't want 18 minutes of a guy in my lineup with 22 teams playing. So I'm waiting on that news. Um, as far as the, the big dogs, and I'll tell you, watching Zion lately, he's he is a man amongst boys. He takes that, he took the ball at a, a couple big dudes and just like they weren't even there. I mean, you talk about a big, strong guy. I'm more and more impressed with him every time I watch him. And he's I think he's getting better. And uh, I, I'm tempted to take him, but I'm not going to take him in this matchup because, you know, both Ingram and Zion, fantastic. But it is against an improved interior defense, I believe, for Boston. I mean, you know, they, they're they climbing up defensively a little bit. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I just think that this isn't the perfect matchup for the Pelicans to spend up to those two guys. On the Boston side, though, I do like uh, Robert Williams. He's certainly in my mix here. Um, he can out-quick Adams big time. And so, you know, really it's it's not a, uh, a huge game for me. I agree with – I think you hit the nail on the head. Evan Fournier is a shooter, and he – I don't think he cares if he was on the floor with Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. He's going to shoot. And uh, – that could really take a dent in the DFS world out of out of specifically Walker and Tatum, or I mean uh, uh, Brown and Tatum, and it doesn't really do any favors for that guard rotation for Walker and Smart. So I'm very hesitant. I want to see how that's going to play out. I agree with you. I think that they'll bring Forney off the bench initially, but he's one of those head game guys that needs to, I think, feel like he's the main scorer. You can just read his body language because when he doesn't get shots up or get the ball, he just sort of shrivels down and he doesn't play good defense. So, you know, he needs to be part of what's going on out there or I don't think they're going to get out of him what they can. So if that's the case, uh, that usage and those shots have to be taken from somebody so that's what we need to see play out before I feel comfortable rostering any any of those guys I mentioned other than Williams because he's he's unaffected. In fact, it may help him a little bit because instead of you know uh, Tatum specifically and Brown finishing at the rim, Fournier is more of a jump shooter, and that's going to get Robert Williams, who's an outstanding offensive rebounder, a few more four or five attempts to to get a putback or an offensive rebound. And that's going to help his side of the coin. So that is it. I'm hoping Knock can play if if ball's down. And uh, Williams' price is still good enough. I think he can be uh, a serious center on this slate. Excellent. All right, we go to ne- the next game. And it is, uh, it's a 240 game, Andrew. Can you believe this? Juicy. Minnesota, Brooklyn, 730, 240 and a half. That's beautiful, but here's the problem. Minnesota's a 12-point dog, so we got blowout potential, uh, something to be concerned about, Kyrie back, 
Brooklyn's got every all-star. I think nine of 12 guys have been on an all-star team. I know that they have, they have more, um, they have, they have more appearances in the playoffs than like seven teams combined uh, of the younger team. So it's, it's ridiculous how they keep adding now Aldridge is in, in tow with them. So, um, you know, this, this could be a great DFS game. I mean, just your eyes light up Minnesota, Brooklyn. Oh my God. But it's got to stay close enough. That's the key right now. Pace wise, three and 13 defensively, 27 and 24 magic, you know, music to our ears. Uh, for Minnesota, Akogi and D'Angelo Russell uh, still remains out. Uh, Aldridge, questionable. I doubt he plays right off the bat like this, but he has a questionable tag right now. And then we know Durant and Shamit are still out, but Kyrie's back. So, oh, there's so many op- so many options here, it's ridiculous. I mean, you can go with uh, a, a cheaper Rubio, but I'm going to recommend staying away from him. Now that Beasley's back and Beasley and Edwards are such offensive-minded players, I think you're going to see Rubio uh, fade into the sunset here, and then when D'Angelo comes back, you know that that's going to end there. But Beasley and Edwards are your two guys. They're the guys that are going to score uh, on the move. And then, of course, Cat, if you want to spend all the way up for Cat in a game that may bl- blow out, which scares me. And, you know, I prefer a little bit more to talk about Beasley and Edwards here because I think they're the guys that are going to get a lot of stuff in transition and be, really take advantage of that pace. I think they'll get both get more run if it does start to blow out where Cat will sit right away. Uh, Edwards has been pretty bulletproof when it comes to blowouts, and he he's not ashamed to fatten those stats. You could tell he's all about getting buckets. They were down 30 five or something and he was playing the other day and he was going to the hoop like it was tied. So, um, you know, that that's good thing for DFS folks, but uh, not great for the T-Wolves because he's definitely a bit of a selfish player. But, you know, Beasley's right there, man. He's he looked great in his first game back, obviously stayed in good shape. We talked about that on the last podcast. We wanted to see if he was going to be ready. He was. So he's in play. Uh, I'm also not going to go up to the the two. I know it's this sounds crazy, Andrew, and I, I I hope you disagree with me. So we have some different variants here, but I'm just so worried about this game blowing out that now that Kyrie's black, back with Kyrie and Harden sharing the ball, and you know I the price is so high, and I know Harden's been the best player in DFS the last two weeks. I just don't want to go there. There's a lot of choices. So you don't have to dumpster dive and there's not like dead value where you have to go after it and you can, uh, you know, roster these guys. And now you've got Blake Griffin taking a bigger role. You know, it still takes some assists and things away from those guys. And I just don't feel comfortable with this game, even though it's 240, even though it should be, uh, you know, very stackable. You're going to see a lot of people with cat and, and, uh, Harden for sure. You're going to see some Kyries and Beasleys, and uh, you know there's going to be a lot of ownership in this in this game. But my edge and my shift here is I don't think with all of this talent and the potential blowout that anybody's going to be throwing 75 DFS points up on the board uh, just because of the sharing and that potential. So 
I know I'm going to be contrarian here. I think it's going to give us an edge because the rest of our lineup and, and my lineup anyway is going to be stronger across the board without having to pray somebody gets 15 to 20 DFS points. So maybe a Beasley or Edwards for sure on that side. And uh, I, I doubt I'm going to take a net. First time I've done that in a long time. Uh, I'm pretty similar tonight. Are I, you? Wow. Yeah. I don't want to take any of the peripheral Brooklyn guys with all yep. those bigs. Uh, DJ Claxton, Blake Green, yep. uh, maybe Aldridge. So not going to mess with those guys. It would be Harden or, or Kyrie. With Kyrie back, I think he'll he'll you know step right back into the mix here. He's had some great games recently, but he hasn't yeah. been getting sixty fantasy points no. with Harden, and now his price is almost ten k on both sites. So you know it it is tempting to get one of these guys you know in this great matchup against Minnesota. I might lean Kyrie a little bit since it's his first game back, and I think Harden will let him take his turn tonight. But I just don't know if I can do it uh, on on this 11-game slate. So I am also more likely to get Beasley or Edwards. I prefer Beasley since he's a lot cheaper on FanDuel, 5,600. Didn't shoot well last game, got 17 shots. And one of those guys, or both of them, could really smash against Brooklyn's bad defense. So I like to look there. And with Cat, I want to mention that he had a great game last time out, but only took 11 shots. It's unbelievable. You know, with Beasley and Edwards on the wing, the the trouble is you kind of got to go through those guys to get to Cat a lot of times. I mean, Rubio can certainly play the pick and roll with him, but Beasley and Edwards are the types that catch it on the wing, and they want to either jack it or Edwards will take it to the hole. So it's another thing to keep an eye on is with Beasley back, how many shots is Cat getting on a nightly basis? Uh, you could look at a value play like Jade McDaniels on FanDuel. He's 3,700, but I'm not, you know, so confident in his output that I, I think it's a really strong value play. But it'd be strange to pass this game completely. So, I know it. you know, it may be Beasley for me, and then and then we, we continue on through the slate. Wow. I, I'm shocked that we agree on that. We, I mean, we didn't talk pre-show at all, so... That's that's amazing, and I, I love it, though. I think we're on the right path. I really do. All right, well, the next uh, stop on the path is Miami and New York, and this is the complete opposite of the last game. Everything you do not want in a DFS game, slow, slow pace, bad offenses, and awesome defenses. It's, yeah. it's 0 for 6 in the variables that we look at, and sure enough, the total is 208. Miami Jeez. favored by 4 here. In New York, the injury news pretty significant because Oladipo is still out, Akpala is out, and now Nunn is out, and Dragic is probable. On the yeah. New York side, Randall is questionable and Bullock is questionable. Two guys who often start and get 36 to 40 minutes or more. So right. it could be some big opportunities opening up, but it's just not a great game. So is it a complete pass? You know, at first glance, I thought it might be. If you dig in a little bit, there are one or two guys I think you could look at on both sides. On the Miami side, it would be Hero for me. Still a good 5K range price without none. I think he gets a boost. And if Dragic does not play, then I'm going to think long and hard about Hero. Um, Ariza has really been playing well. Uh, he's yes. finally been priced up on DraftKings now, so he's not 
locked in, but he got 41 fantasy points last night. So he's taken advantage of that starting role, and now Olenek is gone. But Bielitsa is now available for his first appearance. Oh, great. And we don't know how that's going to affect things. I'm not going to play Bielitsa on FanDuel, but 3,000 on DraftKings would be a GPP flyer you could take. But most likely hero or pass for me on Miami. With New York, if Randall and Bullock are out again, we may get Burks and Taj Gibson starting again. And I think they're both playable. You know, Taj was excellent as a starter. And Burks had a huge game in in your lineup. Oh, he was awesome. You know, you get the big usage bump with Burks and R.J. Barrett. But I would lean Burks a little bit here. He's cheaper, and I think he's less likely to get the Jimmy Butler defense. I think Butler will focus on R.J. Barrett most often. Um, And then I'm not going to mess with these New York guards with Rose back in the mix. Um, And by the way, Mitchell Robinson, of course, still out. So that's why... Gibson might start if if Randall is out. So maybe maybe a one-off here in a game that I don't expect a lot of scoring in. Yeah, I'm going to catch up on my side of the time here. I mean, you know, when you're looking at this game is 32 and a half points lower of an over/under than the last game, that gets your attention. All the stats that you said get the attention. I do think Dragic plays, so I think they're crowded again in that backcourt, even with none out. I just I don't like the matchup. You know, maybe if they were playing different teams, Noel starts to become in play again now that uh, Mitchell has a broken hand. So he'll be the starting center. Uh, you know, the key factor is if Randall plays, then there, for me, there's nobody from the Knicks that's interesting. If if he doesn't play, I think Burks has to pick that load up like he did the other day. And they go to him and he gets the extra minute. So if, if Randall's out, I'm going to consider Burks again. Um, and I agree with you. I, I like R.J. Bear, but not with Jimmy Butler focusing on him, which he will be. And uh, just this game just is not in needed, in my opinion, with 22 teams playing. So it's it's a quick pass for me other than a possibility of Burks if Randall's out. Okay. Oh, my! for some reason, my computer's uh, dying on me. Let me check my plug. Sorry. All right. I can still see you. I'll start to introduce the next game. It's 8 o'clock. We're going to go with Toronto in Detroit. And this is a back-to-back for Toronto. I'm going to step... Excuse me. Finish this game. I'm going to step around and and change my plug. Hold on. Okay. So, a back-to-back for Toronto after that loss to Portland last night. Uh, Lower total here, 217.5. Toronto favored by 4.5. And, And, you know, this is... um, this is interesting with Toronto because Lowry is questionable. He was a scratch yesterday, and we've got all these Toronto guys going against uh, their former coach, Dwayne Casey. And coach, if you can hear me, you, you, I wonder if you I had. Can. I wonder if you had as much confusion as me last night. I was really struggling. I was watching the Toronto Portland game, and yep. you know I'm, I'm red green colorblind. So when you get these strange <laughs> uniforms and a strange looking court. And then you get those guys who had switched teams. I, I had the hardest time keeping track of who was on what team. I mean, my brain just had not processed that trade yet with those colors to be able to sort it out. So um, I'm glad that Toronto is not playing De- uh, Portland here, that they're playing Detroit. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's not a great not a great game environment with Detroit's 24th pace. And um, it's just sort of a blah game to me. Lowry is really cheap. 
if he plays, he could be a, a GPP option. Van Vliet is playable to me because his price dropped a little bit, and, he, and he's no big deal for a back-to-back for him. Right. Um, on the Detroit side, it just continues to be a, such a mess with that backcourt. Oh, my God. It's so hard to figure out. Last time, Sabin Lee started with Ellington. Uh, and again, we have Dennis Smith Jr. out and Magruder doubtful. But we still have Frank Jackson, Josh Jackson. Uh, Corey Joseph played 29 minutes last game. And don't forget about Diallo. He sat out that game. And so he'll be playing again. So I'm not going to go with any of those guys. Uh, Jeremy Grant is probable. If he sits for some reason, then Sadiq Bey would be a GPP option. I just I don't like his inconsistency lately or this matchup, really. Guys like OG and Anobi can really give him a hard time. Right. Uh, but, you know, somebody's got to shoot, so maybe he, maybe he has a decent game. Plumlee, for some reason, I feel like this could be an opportunity for him. We'll see what Toronto does with with the center spot. Sometimes they start Siakam there now. Uh, could be Baines. We don't know. But, you know, this is just a kind of a, a blog game for me. Maybe a one-off, but a decent chance I'll just pass it. Yeah, I, I hate this game. I mean, these two teams deserve each other. They're such a bizarre set of circumstances here i mean toronto's 10 games under 500 are, are why didn't they trade lowry i mean what's going on here it makes no sense and then he sits that last game out of nowhere and i just uh all these new pieces have to get into place and figure out usage and you know uh van bleed stepped up a little but you know not where i thought he would they're trying to get trench shots like you said, that he hates Boucher. He <laughs> only plays him when he's forced to, and then Boucher smashes every time. Right. None of it makes any sense. And then on the Detroit side, I mean, let's let's face it, man. They're just they're just gonna try to do an extended tryout G League period here. Rotate just a boatload of guys. You know, uh, that's why I'm I'm not playing Plumlee anymore because I really think Isaiah Stewart is either going to play as much or more minutes. You know, Grant's the only guy that needs the ball and you can use at times, but he's not even been reliable lately because you're having all this constant movement of all their guards and, you know, uh, Corey Joseph there now. And I, I just hate this game. In fact, I hate these two teams right now. They're uh, You're not going to see me rostering a lot of Raptors or Pistons unless they're in super ideal matchups and playing each other here is not what i would consider an ideal matchup so pass all right How's excellent that? it sounds good yeah let's go to the next eight o'clock game memphis in houston down yes. in your neck of the woods 221 and a half total memphis favored by five and a half and yep. the the big news is on the houston side christian wood questionable with an yeah. illness avery bradley questionable and House is available to get back in the lineup. Um, so let's see what happens with How uh, with Wood here. Um, if he sits again, Kelly Olynyk really stepped up and took advantage of that opportunity. 25 minutes, he hit value, and then it was foul trouble and a blowout, so he didn't play late. But he's 4400 on DraftKings, which I think is a terrific price. Yeah. And I, I think he would play solid minutes against Valanchunas and, and be able to hold his own and, and pick up some rebounds. So he's in play for me, especially on DraftKings. Wall and Porter Jr., 
you know, I could potentially go with one of those guys as as well. Um, you know, Memphis is seventh defensively, but they are sixth in pace, and Houston is fifth in pace. Right. So I think Wall and, and Porter Jr. will will push it up and 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 get a bunch of shots up. So you could go with one of those guys. On Memphis, man, if you if you look back at what they did in that last game, complete split minutes. It was a back to back, but right. just keep that in mind with Memphis because they have a deep rotation anyway. This is this is an island game for Memphis, so probably the the stars will get a little bit better minutes. Maybe a guy like Jaw pays off. Uh, Clark is still a, a decent price off the bench, but for me, it's more about potentially a Houston guy here. I don't think I'll get to Memphis. Yeah, I mean, this isn't the greatest game uh, either. I mean, the pace, even though it's very solid, you get you know decent defenses here. I mean, I, I'm almost echoing what you're saying. I mean, if if Wood sits. Then I think Olenek at that price is one of your nice value plays that makes everything else work. Um, you know, the the majority of of shots are going to be made or, or taken, I should say, hopefully made in their on their behalf. But is Wall and Porter, you know, those guys are both playable commodities. Their price isn't that great though, and uh, but those would be the the three guys I'm considering from Houston. Obviously, if Wood starts, that bumps Olenek out. And then uh, Joe Val on the other side, I, I think, is is in my uh, player pool for my centers. I think that, uh, you know, Houston's pace and all the shots that go up, that could be a, a rebounding frenzy for Joe Val. And, uh, you know, it's getting closer and closer. We're probably only like three weeks away from Triple J coming back for Memphis. And uh, that will really hose up the the interior guys with Kyle Anderson and Clark getting a lot of minutes there. But until then, <clears throat> Joe Val's still their main rebounder. And, uh, you know, he does throw some inconsistent games up there. But I think this this game is conducive to him having an optimal game. Um, after that with Memphis, though, I mean, John Morant is in play. Uh, just because John Wall's not a good defender, uh, and the guys off the bench aren't that good at defenders. And, you know, who who are they going to put uh, Jay, uh, Jay Sean Tate on? I don't think, you know, he'll go and and play uh, a jaw. I think he'll be more focused on like a Dylan Brooks uh, or or Kyle Anderson. So jaw, potentially, Joe Val, potentially, and then um, only Olenek uh, if Wood sits. And I'm going to take a second look if I can fit either Wall or Porter in from the money side. So a one-off on each side at the very most, but certainly a game that could end up being a pass if uh, if the salary doesn't work out. All right. How about your Mavericks? The Mavs, for uh, you know their last game, they basically forfeited again, even though they fought and tried to win. But they sit uh, a completely healthy Porzingis, zero injuries, 100% healthy. Didn't want to play him on a back-to-back. And, you know, uh, yes, there was a little bit of back stiffness for Luka, and he sat, but he was okay, too. So the Mavs somehow are 23 and 21, and they just, their philosophy is just to, you know, baby these players as much as they can. I so I just wish we had Tibbs as a coach. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and it drives me crazy. But now they get to play an Oklahoma City Thunder team who beat Dallas because it was another one of those forfeit games where they didn't play hardly anybody they'll you know and they're a double digit favorite here so my concern is 
you know, 10-point favorite. It's only a 218 total. We don't know if they're going to baby some of these guys like Luca, And you would think, uh, you know, Porzingis, uh, you know, would get some run. But who knows? You know, you just don't know what they're going to do. Boban, there were, how about the Boban sighting for 28 minutes the other day? I think that's a career high for minutes for Boban. But, uh, yeah, you know, right now, Cauley Stein remains out. Redick hasn't really reported to the team yet. Uh, he's, you know, he has some foot injuries going on, and Terry's out the rookie. Uh, and the big thing for Oklahoma City, and the reason it's a double-digit number, is Shea and Dort, you know, the heart and soul of that team, are out. So, And Muscala as well. I think Muscala's seen his last days now that they signed Moses Brown to a, a multi-year contract. So what, what do we do here? Uh, very simple for me. I'll cut to the chase. Moses Brown is my favorite play here. Dallas has interior defense that probably couldn't stop a fifth-grade girls team. So not to be negative to the girls' basketball side, but uh, fifth grade, yeah. So uh, I like Moses Brown. I think he gets plenty of runs since now out of nowhere. Uh, Al Horford's taking his ball and going home and just is done with this, which is shocking. So, you know, it does open the door for Brown. Um, you know, I would imagine the Thunder said, hey, you know, we'll pay you these, you know, tens of millions of dollars. Can you please just go home and watch on TV and we're going to let Moses play. So it is what it is. But uh, I think you've got to you got to look at him, first of all. Uh, you know, Teo Maladon becomes playable now because he's getting the big minutes and has the the keys to the car if you will don't want to go through all those other okc guys you know i actually put did you see i had pokasheski on my uh, clipboard the other day okay so he's he's actually starting to win me over a bit but he got hurt in the last game a little bit so i don't know if he's going to be 100 percent going in so i'm not going there Mavericks-wise, you know, you can play Luka every day if you want, but if it's a blowout, he's not going to get extra run. And same thing with Porzingis. Um, you know, I think Porzingis is playing well. His price is a little better than Luka. But, you know, the Mavs really have all the bullets in the gun for this game. Not that I think they need him against the, a really depleted Thunder team. So for me, you know, Moses... Uh, it needs to split the Red Sea for me and show me to the pot of gold because that's probably the only spot I'm going in this game. Yeah, I like Moses as well. My favorite play in this game. Maladon, also in play for me. The other guy on OKC that I would consider is Svi Mikhailuk. And I'm curious to see if they'll start him without Dort. Uh, yeah, but can you spell Svi Mikhailuk? All you need is SVI and, and don't have to worry about the last name. Um, 40... 47 points on FanDuel, or I mean on Scrabble for yes, his last name. <laughs> definitely. So I, I like him for that. And he's a Jayhawk. Um, yeah. Good price here. 4,000 DraftKings, 3,700 FanDuel. He's a better price than Ty Jerome. And I think he'll, very good chance he'll end up with more shots. Doesn't have the assist p potential as Jerome. But if, if Svi's going to start, he's a potential value play for me. And I don't think I'm going to go anywhere on Dallas other than maybe Porzingis in a GPP. Uh, two big ceiling games in a row should be yes. rested. And if um, do you think that Roby will be on Porzingis and uh, and Brown will deal with 
your your favorite power forward there, Kleba? Power forward slash well, center? It, it it's a tough matchup for the Thunder because Kleba is a three point shooter. He'll go stand in the quarter and you don't really want Brown to be pulled out. So uh but the also, you know, a lot of times Porzingis thinks he's Trey Young and shoots from the logo. So one of those guys, Roby's, you know, it's not going to be a good matchup. Brown's going to have to guard two bigs that shoot threes. So, you know, it's going to be a pick your poison thing. I've got a feeling that they'll have Brown guard Kleba and Roby guard Porzingis just because of the dexterity of Roby. And they want to try to at least keep Brown with a foot in the paint if he can get there. That's what I think, too. And that's why Porzingis is a little bit attractive to me because I think he's got the size to to handle Roby. So uh, I'm thinking about Porzingis there. but It's a good spot for him. It's just, does he get to play enough because it might blow out or not, you know? That's right. All right, well, the next game, it's the only 8.30 tip, and it's an attractive game. It's Sacramento, also in Texas, against the Spurs. Yeah. 228 total. Spurs favored by 2.5. Uh, island game for both teams. The news for Sacramento is that Hassan Whiteside is questionable. And on the San Antonio side, I'm going to mark Gorgie Jang as questionable because the indication is that San Antonio is going to sign him. And then mm-hmm. uh, Devin Vassell is probable. So with Sacramento here, first of all, we always like their games because they're 10th offensively. They're the worst defensive team in the NBA. And they're ninth offensively. They score it. And Fox has been on an absolute heater. Listen to his points the last four games. Not fantasy points, but actual points. 30, 37, 44, and 36. Wow. Keeps getting it done. In San Antonio, they're decent defensively, but 16th pace. So that's good enough for me to consider Fox again. And he, he is the primary target for me on Sacramento. Don't trust anyone else quite as much. Uh, don't love the matchup for Holmes against Pirtle. And do want to mention... If you haven't been paying attention here, who is it that's playing for Sacramento's bench now? DeLon Wright has made his appearance. He got 23 minutes last game. Terrence Davis, 18. And then Mo yeah. Harkless with 12 and Metu was also there. So that could change if Hassan Whiteside plays. But a, basically a totally different bench for Sacramento. So yeah. I'm, I'm focused more on Fox there. And on the San Antonio side, this might actually be a game where I run it back with a spur or two. Because of that awesome matchup, DeJounte Murray's playable. Very good price on both sides for him. He's been solid lately. DeRozan you could look at in a game like this. Pearl, I like the matchup for him. It's just uh, the problem is there's a couple other value centers that we like that we've already mentioned with Williams and, and Moses Brown. Yeah. And then even Keldon Johnson. You know, he had that random 2020 game against Cleveland. Is this the, is this the game where he shoots back up again at a good price in an awesome game. Spin the roulette wheel, man. That's that's about how confident you can feel figuring him out. Oh, yeah, exactly. So I could play a spur here to go along with Fox, and and there's a decent chance that that I'll do that tonight. Interesting, yeah. I mean, I I like your takes for sure. This is just such a frustrating game because, again, you know, here's another team that we like to to often – tackled uh, their game Sacramento because of their their lack of defense but I don't know man you know Fox I watched that last game I watched almost the whole game because it was uh, you know on at a different time and and it was he was awesome I mean you talk about a guy that took the not even 
a whisper of him in the all-star conversation, and he really did deserve a whisper because Sacramento's 21 and 25. They have a lousy coach. They turned over half their team at the trade deadline. And, you know, that's not that's very respectable under the circumstances. And uh, mainly it's because of Fox. He is fantastic. Now, the, the problem is, you know, Pop knows that. So he gets he's going to get DeJounte Murray right in the teeth right off the bat. I know that they'll they'll send some doubles at him. They're going to try to get the ball out of his hands. So that that is a bit of a concern for me. You know, I sort of like Halliburton here. His that stupid cap minutes cap thing that hung over his head for a week or so is gone. I just, you know, the kid can score. He's got a nose for the ball. Um, you know, he's getting good minutes, but I'm not thrilled to run to him. I just like his price. Uh, I think you get fair run for it. So small consideration there. Um, really, you know, Whiteside's questionable. If he does play, that certainly takes away from Holmes. So not running to the, to the Kings. Uh, the guy that I do like, I do like one guy out of this game, and it's the main guy, DeMar DeRozan. I just, they don't really have a super answer on the other side for him defensively. You know, he'll see some Hield and some Barnes and some of their bench players. But I just, you know, DeRozan's back into a groove now after that time off, you know, with uh, the funeral of his dad and all that. So he's been back now a week or so, enough games under the belt. He's, you know, focusing back in. And I think he's a, a really good play here. And it's it's hard to not want to roster somebody against the worst defense in the league. They're playing at home. Here in Texas now, they're opening these, uh, you know, most of the teams up to, you know, 50% capacity. So, you know, now you've got thousands of fans in there rooting for the Spurs. That's a big boost to that, you know, those teams that are able to do that. And, uh, you know, I think DeRozan can feed off of that a little bit here uh, as well. So uh, really, you know, may come out of here uh, with uh, DeRozan, uh, who's one of my uh, guys I've got penciled in, and then possibly one of the Sacramento guards. But that is it. All right. How about the 9 right. o'clock game? Yes, nine first nine o'clock game. Well, is uh, is this the, the, the only? only nine o'clock? Yeah, yeah it is. Eastern. There's two ten o'clocks. Yeah, Cleveland at Utah. Uh, it's only a sixteen point spread. This mm-hmm. is like an NCAA game. It's like Gonzaga versus, you know, uh, Sister of Mercy State or whatever. They've been playing some of these teams, but uh, our, you know, let's just say it right off the bat. Does the game blow out, and is it going to jack up this entire game? Well, there's a couple of things here. You've got Prince questionable, Jared Allen out. That's the big news. They have no Jared Allen, so that changes things. But Hartenstein is probable, their new center that's going to back up Allen but may end up getting some decent run at the big uh, Nance was fine. He's very usable. He started at center. He may start at center again, but it's against the stifled tower and he may lose some minutes and some rebounds to Hartenstein. So I'm not real high on Nance today in this matchup. I don't like the blowout potential here. Normally I'm all over Sexton and Garland and yes, Cleveland is giving a little extra run to their youngs, you know, Thomas, 
who looked really good the other day. We had, we, you know, he was like, who is this guy out there? But he's had a few games, a few starts, and, you know, he's got some ability. It's just, you know, Sexton, Garland, Thomas are all guys I'd like to talk about and consider rostering, but they're a 16-point dog at Utah, the elevation. Utah's on fire. Uh, they probably get um, Conley back, so they have they have never seemed to be missing anybody except Conley on back-to-backs. And, you know, their their defense is just fantastic. They just carve up everybody. So not going to go there, but I do have the, the big eyeball emoji thing on Cleveland for sure going forward. Uh, Utah, same scenario here. You know, why spend up for a Mitchell when this game could be over at halftime? And, you know, if it does stay a little close, I still think they use some bench. I still think they're, you know— there's not potential for just huge minutes for the Utah guys. Uh, you know, their bench is decent, and I don't think they're going to have a single guy out, and you're going to get run from the favors and all these guys and Yang, and it just doesn't make sense to me, and um, I'm going to try to steer clear of rostering anybody from this game, although if you guys are tempting, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, uh, Donovan Mitchell has been ultra hot, but now his price is at least 9K on both sites. Yeah. So this is the day I probably will step aside from rostering him. Okay. And on the Cleveland side, Nance yeah, has been the key guy, but you mentioned the, the matchup against Gobert, and then Dean Wade has really stepped up with minutes yeah. in production, but his price has gone up at least on DraftKings. So this is probably going to be a, a full pass for me as well. Beautiful. All right, two 10 o'clock games. The first one. After hours slate, ding, ding, ding. Chicago and Golden State, 224.5 total. Bulls favored by 4.5 uh, on the road here because Steph is questionable. We also have Eric Paschal questionable. On the Chicago side, Zach Levine questionable. Yeah. Uh, uh, Laurie Markin improbable. And then Tice is questionable. And that's a little bit significant to me because Vucevic is the key guy there, uh, and he has smashed against Golden State this year when he yes, was on yeah. Orlando. But I think Chicago is still going to be settling things in, sorting things out, and if Tice is there, he could get some minutes. So, I, you know, with these other centers we've already mentioned that we like, I just don't think I'll get to Vucevic. And I'm not going to go with Levine with the ankle issue. His production has been down here recently, and... Everybody now getting minutes off the bench for Chicago, like Troy Brown Jr., Aminu, Temple. I'm just going to stay away from Chicago on the on the main slate. Obviously, we'll have to deal with them on the after-hour slate. But I'd be more likely to play somebody on Golden State if Steph is out. Poole is an option. Wiggins is an option. And it's weird. He's 7,000 on FanDuel, Coach, and Levine is 7,500. You know, if you asked me a, a month ago if I would consider Shocking. Wiggins over Levine at those prices, I would have said absolutely not. But I know it. In these circumstances, if Steph is out, I might, I might consider Wiggins, and that'll probably be it for me. Yeah, this, this is going to be interesting, and I don't want to waste a ton of time on the podcast here because really we need to know if Curry's playing because that changes the whole uh, outlook for Golden State. It also changes it for the Bulls because. Number one, he's not a good defender, so it elevates, you know, Sato and Levine and and, and uh, Kobe a little bit, and also it assures to me if Curry plays, this game stays pretty tight. Um, so 
I need that news. So here's the thing. Rather than waste, you know, five minutes and you could fast forward because two or three of these guys change, what I would say, this is a perfect time to jump in at DFS Coach Talk. We had such a fun weekend. Our members, we got together on Saturday. Tons of members in there. Everybody sharing. Everybody talking questions and, and you know, where people are from, how what their strategies. It's just what a great community. It was awesome. We're going to do that every Saturday. But, you know, the great part about being a part of Coach Talk is these kind of games, the Chicago Golden State game, we need this news. And we'll follow it throughout the day. We're in our Discord. Everybody's in there. The second news pops, it's in our Discord. We're reacting. We're fixing lineups. We're doing everything that we need to do there. So even if you want to just try a three-day pass, they're $10. Go to DFSCoachTalk.com. The memberships are right on there. Uh, the other thing that's exclusive with us, and we're working on possibly even changing the names of these packages because we we call them NBA package, MLB package. The MLB package, if you will, which we're probably going to change the name of, goes from April 1 to November 1. But guess what? That doesn't mean you just get baseball. And every other provider, pretty much, you have to get each sport by itself. We focus on four sports. That's our bread and butter. We're going to crush those four. We're not going to waste time with the other ones. It's baseball, football, basketball, and golf, and we're going to attack them. And you get all of them, whichever membership you have. It's the, if it's the three-day, if you're an annual member, if you're a baseball or basketball, uh, if you've subscribed to those, you get everything that we offer. So we would love to have you. Jump in there. Check it out. Give us a chance, and I think you'll find a real home for, for your DFS world. And if you want to play some bets as we're getting in the lead eight, go to uh, betus.com.pa, put in the promo code COACHTALK, all one word, no space, and uh, you get, if you deposit for the first time with M149, you get the next two months free, all of April, all of May free with Coach Talk, and you can use the 149 on BetUS to make those wagers. So, We'd love to have you. And then, you know, I'll finish up this game to say, again, I need the Curry news. Um, I do like Zach Levine possibly as a buy-up option here, though. If this game stays close, I think he's okay. He's probable. I don't see it being a major injury. I think he's worth looking at. The sneaky guy that I like a little bit here, Andrew, I know you're not going to like him. It's Kelly Oubre. He's priced high and everything. But I'm seeing his game evolve. And the combination of all these guys they're using in Chicago with Markinen and, and Williams and then all these guys off the bench, they're tight. They're just trying to figure out their rotation. So I think he's dangerous. Um, not going to take Vuk at that big tag until he gets settled in. He looked a little out of place, which you would expect uh, initially. So pretty easy one for me. Not real strong game, but I am really – Levine is growing on me, man. Okay. How about the last one? Last game. The other 10 o'clock, the late night slate game, it is Milwaukee and the Clippers. Uh, it's the first night of a back-to-back -back for the Clippers. That means, you know, alert, alert, alert. Does that mean George or Leonard are going to sit, split, change, shift? I mean, God only knows. So we need to keep that news also. Fourth for Milwaukee, but 27th for Clippers. They neutralize each other. Two top 13 defenses here. So that concerns me. Uh, we know Tucker and Portis are out, so a little thin on the front line for Milwaukee, which makes Giannis look even a little better or 
Fionis, whatever his brother's name is, had the big game this weekend. You could take both on to Canumpos if you want to get real frosty, but I would not do that. With all the guys back, I think Don is there. I'm crushing his last name or first name, but uh, I doubt he's going to get in much, if at all. Uh, Rondo Beverly Abaca remain out for the, the Clippers, and I have no idea with the first night of a back-to-back if they're going to slice dice and split guys. So uh, the Clippers are sharing the ball, not thrilled for them in this game. I'm not going to have a lot of exposure here, except I am, if I do save my buy-up, it would be for Giannis just because I think he's rested and I think that he's going to be fired up to get out here and he's Giannis. So I don't particularly want to pay that top price on a 22-game slate, but I don't know if, you know, this could be a 65, 70-point game for Giannis and, and I don't want to miss out on that. So I'm considering it. That's it. Yeah, I'm going to – I think I'm leaning towards fading all these Milwaukee guys because they're all back after sitting out. And, right. you know, we do have the Clippers in that 27th pace. So I lean towards one of the Clippers potentially. I don't love that it's the front end of a back-to-back, but I like their prices. And the thing I like the most here is a potential one-off, a value play. On FanDuel, you've got an option at the first four spots. I think mm-hmm. that you could play Reggie Jackson 4300 is your point guard, Man your shooting guard 4100. They both got 29 minutes in the last game, so Kennard has kind of been pushed to the side. Then you've got Batum as the small forward 4100. There's a, there's a playable guy. He had 35 minutes against Philly. Nice full line, and then uh, Morris 4500 power power forward option. So I think one of those guys could get in my lineup get some exposure to this high-paced game from the Clippers' point of view uh, to, to finish this one out. Beautiful. I am good to go, man. We're ready to attack this slate and crush it. DFS Coach Talk, come join us. Yep, join the family. You'll get full FanDuel lineups tonight and Yahoo, Coach's Clipboard on DraftKings, and uh, we're going to hope to get on a huge running winning streak here this week. And, and get after it. So we do appreciate all the support. Appreciate you tuning in. If you like what you saw, please uh, subscribe to the channel on YouTube and uh, come back and join us again tomorrow because we'll be back and ready to crush it in DFS.